This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with me, Art Wiederman, CPA. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Art Wiederman, and I'm a dental-specific CPA. My CPA uh, practice is located in Tustin, California. I'm a dental director at the wonderful CPA firm of Ide Bailey. And today, uh, don't have a guest except for me, so it's going to be just you and I today. Uh, don't know if you and I or you and me. We'll go with you and I. It sounds sounds more proper English. Um, and we're going to talk about a bunch of things today. I'm going to give you some updates of some great courses that you can learn some fantastic, fantastic things about. We're going to talk about where we are with the stimulus programs. We're recording on uh, Sunday, October the 18th, uh, 2021, 2020. <laughs> I wish it were 2021. It's 2020. Folks, I'm getting ahead of myself here. See? And um, we're going to talk about some, uh, you know, some courses. We're going to talk about the stimulus. Uh, I've got a great tip for you for your dental team. It's something I actually did in my CPA practice. I'm going to share that with you. And then it's something that I've wanted to do for a while, and I'm going to start doing this periodically. I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate uh, several podcasts to the metrics of your dental practice. We're going to talk about how to look at metrics. Uh, I'm going to give you, I think we're going to do six of them today if we have time. And we're going to we're going to go through these different metrics and tell you how they affect your dental practice. And I'm going to tell you that given what's going on with the stimulus, I think it is more important than ever for you to be on top of your numbers, for you and your dental team to be on top of your numbers. So we're going to get to all of that today. I'm real excited about that. I'll also let you know that on, uh, I believe it's November the 11th, we are going to be publishing, I, I know it's hard to believe, our 100th podcast. Very, very exciting. And I, and I want to thank all of you from the bottom of my heart, from all the wonderful emails and phone calls we've gotten from people uh, about all the information we've given on this podcast for the last, uh, coming up on two years. And I have a special guest and I've been talking about my special guest and Again, we are uh, recording with my special guest in a couple of days. So once I've got this recorded, I will let you know who it is. But it's a very special podcast that we're doing for the 100th podcast. That'll be on November the 11th. 
But let me just tell you about a couple of things we got going on here. First of all, I want to share with you our wonderful partners, Decisions and Dentistry Magazine. They have just been absolutely amazing as far as their support of our podcast and, and what they do for the dental profession as far as education and what's on their website. So you want to go to www.decisionsindentistry.com. They have over 140 incredible and very, very inexpensive continuing education classes um, that you get CE units for. Uh, For example, I'll give you an example of the three most recent ones as they have one called Role of Maternal Oral Health on Fetal Development, uh, Healing Progression of the Free Gingival Graft, and then Optimal Panorex Imaging. These are just examples of the courses that you would get. And they have a a special deal which you can go onto the website and find out more about, which will allow you to get um, you know access to all of their courses for a very very reasonable price. You want to do that, and if you're not working with a dental specific CPA, uh, that's what we do. We're in Southern California with Ide Bailey, E I D E B A I L L Y. We we joined Ide Bailey, uh, my CPA firm did HMWC about uh, just over three months ago. And it's it's just the the resources these people have are ridiculous. I mean, it's it's just we have expertise in cybersecurity and internal controls and cost segregations, and uh, we'll talk about research and development. So we've got great resources, and our other twenty three dental CPA firms across the United States we all represent. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold and say we're over ten thousand dentists that we represent uh, among our twenty four firms. And one of the exciting things we got going on is that we have partnered with a good, good friend of mine by the name of Gary Takis. And I've talked about Gary. Gary's actually the got the largest podcast uh, out there. And Gary is putting on a six-series dynamite management program over the next, I think it's about nine months or so. And the Academy of Dental CPAs are partners with him. So you're gonna you're gonna hear us and on his Thriving Dentist Show, his podcast, which is the biggest podcast, biggest dental podcast in America. So we're going to be on there. You'll hear me and my friends, Kate Williford, Alan Schiff, and a lot of our other friends, Mark Rosen, talking uh, some tax tips at the beginning of the show. Uh, but we're also participating in Gary's, as I was saying, six-part uh, series. And I want you to mark down the date of Tuesday, November 17th. Uh, If you're in the Eastern or Central time zone, we're doing this twice that day, uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And if you're in the Mountain or the Pacific time zone, also 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I want you to go to www, and we'll put this in the show notes, folks, www.thrivingdentist.com forward slash ADCPA forward slash study clubs forward slash session one. And there's six sessions. So the first session is I'm going to be on this as well as Kate Williford, my dear friend from the ADCPA uh, from Northern California and our ADCPA president, Alan Schiff. So we're going to, we haven't worked out the exact uh, schedule of who's going to be on which one. I'm sure I'll be on the one in the Western United States. Alan will be on the one in the Eastern But between the three of us, we're going to cover that. And other members of the ADCPA will be on these courses. So the first course that Gary's giving on the 17th, it's two hours. It's 
completely free. Invite all your friends. Invite everybody you know in dentistry because Gary has given back to the dental profession as he always does. Is called Successfully Reducing Insurance Dependence in Your Practice, which is, I, I've been in Gary's lectures where he does that, and the information is absolutely golden. Then on January 5th of next year, he's doing a course called Mastering Dental Marketing and Learning to Influence. Uh, March 2nd, 10 Elements of a Thriving Practice. May 4th, 24 Systems of a Thriving Practice. June 2nd, New Patient Experience and Six Digital Photos. And finally, on September 14th of next year, five tips to master scheduling. So again, if you want to be part of these courses, they are free. You get two units of continuing education from these courses, as I understand it, www.thrivingdentist.com forward slash ADCPA forward slash study clubs forward slash session one. And again, session two, three, four, five, and six, if you want to register for those. And the information that Gary gives is invaluable. And you'll get to hear members of the Academy of Dental CPAs. The other thing that I'm really, really excited about is a program that we are putting together through Ide Bailey. And we're putting them together for six large local component dental societies here in Southern California. But they're going to be open to all my uh, podcast listeners of the Art of Dental Finance and Management and our 700 uh, clients of Ide Bailey. And this is a program that's going to be the business of dentistry. And we're going to have some financial information, management information. It's a year-long program. It is going to be free. We will get you information to put on your calendar December 9th from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. Put that on your calendars. And we're going to be talking about year-end tax planning and the research and development tax credits. So if you want information about these courses, we'll get you the links out. Email me at a Wiederman, A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at idebailey.com. Okay, so let's get into our topics today. Um, oh, one more thing I do want to mention to you is that if you are looking uh, for a research and development tax credit, do go to our website, which is www.idebailey, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com forward slash dental R-D. If you are doing research in your dental practice, new procedures, new techniques, new materials, new anything, you just spent two weeks at uh, John Coyce's place in Seattle or at the Scottsdale Center in, um, uh, you know, that the, uh, their amazing continuing education courses, Frank Spears Group, the Panky Institute, LVI, I don't care which one, and you're bringing back some new procedures, we might be able to get a really, really nice tax credit for you. And so it's www.idebailey.com forward slash dental RD. Go on there. There's information to read about. And all you need to do is fill out some information about your practice. It's 100% private. And then one of our research and development team members will call you and talk to you free of charge about, you know, are you eligible? And then if you're eligible, let's get you some money. My job, my function in life has and always will be to run the federal deficit up as much as I can. Not that uh, not that I really need to help these guys. <laughs> They're doing a really good job of it themselves, unfortunately. A lot of it is because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But, but this is what we want to do is we want to save you tax money legally. And I guarantee you, if you're not eligible, we'll tell you. If you are eligible, we'll tell you too. And, and we've got the uh, great team to do that. So let's first talk about where are we right now, October 18th, 2020. 
So as of today, we do not have any additional stimulus. So the $600 of additional um, unemployment compensation has run out. You're now down to a lesser amount for unemployment. Depends on the state you're in. You might be getting two or $300. You might be getting $500. I, I don't know. It just depends. Everybody's getting less and people are feeling it. Uh, also, some of the rules as far as uh, landlords evicting people have run out. Uh, the airlines uh, money has run out. They That ran out October 1st. So the airlines are very seriously talking about laying off tens of thousands. I think it might even run into over 100,000 people. Uh, the numbers are staggering. Uh, flights are being cut. Routes are being cut. Uh, if you just think you're going to call up and get an airline flight to go somewhere, folks, you better call way in advance because there are just fewer flights. And if you're trying to get to a place that is not Chicago, not called Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, Miami, a big city, it's going to be even harder. So where we stand as of today is, uh, and again, you know, I, I know some of you don't believe me, but we're not talking politics here. Um, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said today on the Sunday morning news shows that they have basically until Tuesday of this week to get something done before the election. Uh, highly unlikely. The Republicans' proposal is $1.8 trillion of stimulus. The Democrats' proposal is $2.2 trillion of stimulus. So you would think, hey, they're pretty close. It's only $400 billion apart, right? Uh, that's like saying, you know, I want to buy a new car, but I'm only $400 billion short of buying that new car. Well, not quite that doesn't work that way. However, um, here's the problem. The problem is, is that the Democrats want money for the states. The Democrats want money for testing. The Democrats uh, want money for other programs. The Republicans in the Senate, who are the ones that would block this, uh, they don't want to go over $1 trillion. They don't think at a $1.8 trillion uh, stimulus is necessary. They also want protections for businesses. So if you walk into a a, a hair salon and you, uh, God forbid, contract COVID-19, they don't want people to be able to sue these businesses because, oh, well, I got COVID-19 in your hair salon. And the problem is, is that right now with an election that is two weeks away, two weeks from this Tuesday, uh, nobody wants a blink and nobody wants to say, well, I gave in and then their base is going to be upset. So I suspect that there is going to be nothing before the election. Now, after the election, let's think about this. If we have a, you know, the, the three chambers, if you will, of uh, government, uh, the White House, the House of Representatives, and the, uh, and the Senate, not counting the, the court, the Supreme Court or anything like that. If, if this is mixed, in other words, we have a, you know, one, you know, one is Republican, two is Democrat, two are Republican, one is Democrat, whatever it is, um, <laughs> you're going to have a real trouble getting any kind of stimulus through because they are just really, really digging their heels in. I think they're going to after the election because they have to. I mean, people are hurting. What I what I am quite frankly afraid of, folks, is, is civil unrest. I mean, if you go to families and they can't pay their rent and they're getting evicted and they can't pay for food uh, and they can't pay for shelter, I, I mean, bad things happen. So they need to do something because we are not getting back to normal anytime 
soon. The uh, the you know the director, you know, one of the directors in, in the uh, the medical groups I was watching on the um, on the on the TV this morning was saying realistically, summer to fall of next year. By the time you know fifty percent of the people aren't even thinking about that they'll take a vaccine. So it, it's not as simple as we get a vaccine, everybody goes to CVS or Walgreens, they get a shot and this is over. It's not that simple. And the reason I bring that up is because what's going to happen to the economy. So if the Democrats basically do a clean sweep, uh, Vice President Biden wins the election for the White House and the Republicans lose and the Democrats flip the Senate and they need three seats. Uh, they need to flip three seats if they um, if if uh, Vice President Biden wins because a 50-50 tie in the Senate is broken by the Vice President. They need four seats if uh, Donald Trump is reelected. So uh, if the Democrats win, you are going to see a massive, massive stimulus. But it's not going to happen till January because you're still going to have a lame duck Republican Senate that's probably not going to approve it. I mean, this is. Again, this is not me talking politics. I promise, folks. This is what I've seen and I've read and I've heard. So the reason I bring all of this up is because of the fact that we're probably not going to have a whole lot of stimulus for anything. Uh, anytime in the next 30 days, 60, maybe 90 days. It could be three, four, five months. And what that means, folks, is that there are going to be people who are going to be you know, who are not going to have money. You can't remember that a lot of people who got that $600 um, stipend every week, they were saving money. They were making more money than what they needed to pay their bills. And they're thinking, geez, you know what? I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm going to go ahead and save this money. So basically that is going to start to run out. And the reason, again, I bring this up and it's very, very important is because you need to monitor the metrics of your dental practice. It's at this point, we have gone through the first three or four months of you coming back to work. And a lot of the pent up demand was seen in July, June, July, August, maybe September. And that that's probably run out by now. And we need to keep the momentum going. So we're going to talk about some metrics here in a second. Um, I do want to throw out an idea for you now. Fortunately, many of my clients are doing pretty darn well. They're at 80, 90% of where they were. Uh, nobody is calling me and saying, Art, I've run out of money. I haven't had any clients that have done that. My clients are at the top of the class. Those of you that are listening, you're at the top of the class. Very, You all get A's because you're all doing very, very well for the most part. Everybody I've been talking to, they're hanging in there. Everybody's gotten used to how... PPP works, uh, PPE works, everybody's used to the protocols, the patients are starting to feel really comfortable coming into the office, and life in the dental office, while it hasn't returned to what it was in February, has returned to probably more of a normal than many businesses have. So I want to make a suggestion, because you got to remember that your dental team for the last seven months has gone through a really, really tough patch. And I will tell you, folks, I've seen this um, in talking to my clients and in doing the webinars that I've done and talking to the consultants. The dental teams have been really resilient and really hanging in there. And, and if you think about it, think about your dental team. Most of the, the dental teams in America uh, are, are women. 
And they have not only have to work in many cases, but they are the responsible party for, uh, you know, taking care of the kids in many instances. And with the schools being out, they're having to balance work and kids trying to learn virtually, which we all know has been a major challenge. So your dental teams have been through a major, major you know, a, a difficult time in their lives. So I'm going to share with you what I did for my team about four or five years ago. And it's an idea and I really like it. So I have two businesses I had before I merged with HMWC, which then we merged with Ide Bailey. I had two businesses. I had a CPA firm. Uh, we, there were 10 of us, uh, my partner, Pam Chamberlain and I, and then there were, um, uh, then I had my dental brokerage business. Well, back in, 2015, 2016, we, we had some, we had some really good years. It might've been 16 or 17. I don't remember exactly which year it was, but we had some really good years. We had a record year, uh, two years in a row. And here's what I did. Okay. Because, and it, and, and it was in the brokerage and we had a record year in the CPA practice. And here's what I did. So I went out and I went down to, um, South coast Plaza and I purchased, uh, thousand dollar gift cards. And, uh, and I also bought one for my partner, Pam. And I said, okay, I need these gift cards and I want them to be that they can go into any store in South coast Plaza and then go buy something. So then what I said was, I said, we're going to have a team meeting. This was on a Tuesday afternoon. And it, it so happened at that time I was buying a different home uh, that my wife and I were going to live in. So I had this great excuse that I, I, I said, guys, I got to leave my, got to leave my cell phone on because I got to tell everybody that, uh, you know, I got, I got to, I'm sorry, I got to wait for the, um, the bank to call me because I got to sign loan papers. So they, you know, that, that sounded perfectly innocent, except the reason I had my cell phone on is I was waiting for a text from a lim, from, from a limo driver that he and his buddy were bringing two limos and you know, that was it. So then I get the text and I said, all right, guys, Hey, um, uh, change your plans. Uh, let's all go outside, bring your purses and, uh, uh your wallets and whatever you're going to bring. And, uh, just, just come outside for a second. And they, they all thought that, you know, I was dying or something. I don't know. And there's two limos and they, and, and, and one of my team members, Mary, who's just a, she, she's just most, the most wonderful, wonderful lady. And she and I joke who the funny one is in our practice. And she says, so, all right, all right, what, so, so what are we doing? And I said, we're going bowling, Mary. So how are you at bowling? She says, she says, I'm pretty good. No, Art, really, what are we doing? I said, you'll find out. So we went to, we, we went to the, you know, got on the freeway. It was about a five minute drive. And I, and we stopped in front of the South Coast Plaza mall. And I said, everybody get out. And I had a sheet of paper with the rules. And the rules were, it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Here's what we're going to do, guys. You guys have uh, three hours. Uh, here's a gift card for each of you. It's a thousand dollars. Uh, go shopping. And then we're all going to go meet for dinner in, uh, this, in this restaurant here in the, in South coast Plaza and dinner's on me. And this is kind of a thank you for everything. And, uh, the rules are you got to spend the thousand dollars in the four hours, you know, three or four hours. And you got to tell us what you bought. Well, I didn't exactly follow the rules. Some spent it all. Some they didn't. I will tell you, uh, and, and by the way, I grossed those bonuses up. They all got called on the payroll. 
and they got grossed up. So instead of $1,000, it was $1,250. So I paid the taxes on the $1,000. So they, you know, I, I, I paid all the taxes in. So it, it was a, it was a bit of a, an investment. Now, I'm not saying that you should do that amount of money. It doesn't matter how much it is. I will tell you folks that when we did that, and I did it two years in a row, different, different things, the looks on these people's faces and the attitude that they had and the thank yous, there were tears were unbelievable. Now, I'm not saying that you should go out and spend, do what I did, which was a lot of money. You could do it with $250 per person. For those of you who can do this, I will tell you that making your team happy is going to go a long, long way towards a successful, successful dental practice. So that's kind of my staff tip of the day is do something fun. I mean, maybe you take them, uh, I, I don't know, taking them to a spa right now in the middle of a pandemic is a good idea. But, you know, malls are open. Obviously, you have to do everything safely with social distancing. Maybe you don't do a meal. Maybe you go to a park afterwards and, and you order, you know, have people deliver food to the park and you have a nice little picnic and everybody shows you what you got. But but do do something. Do something for your team. They've been through a really, really tough year in your dental practice, in their lives, with their families and their kids. God forbid somebody, you know, everybody seems to know somebody who had the COVID-19 uh, uh, virus. And unfortunately, I know at least three people who have lost their lives to it, and it's horrible. So life has just not been the same in 2020 as it's been in the other 60 years of my life. And I would suggest for your dental team going forward uh, that you do something nice for them and always just let them know how much you appreciate them. I, I had a coach years ago who told me, Art, you want to catch, instead of catching somebody doing something wrong, you want to catch them doing something right. So that's my tip of the day. Now what I want to do, I want to get into the, um, I want to get into some of the metrics for the rest of the time that we have here. Um, and we're going to do this over several of our, you know, several of our meetings. So first of all, let's talk about how these metrics programs work. There are about 10 of them out there. Um, the two main ones that I work with are Dental Intel and Dentometrics. Uh, there are others out there that are, I'm sure, very good, but I can't really work with 10 of them. And I know these folks both very, very well. Uh, Rick Williford is a dear friend of mine, and as is Curtis Marshall and uh, the folks at Dental Intel. They, they all do a great job. So the way a metrics program works, if you don't work with one, is you get the program either through a consultant or through directly through them. Um, and what you do is they sync with your software. Now, most all of these only sync with Dentrix, EagleSoft, and Open Dental that I'm aware of. Uh, they don't sync with the other ones because it's hard to sync with 100 different programs. But 80 to 90% of the dentists out there use those programs. And basically, they can go ahead and go in there and it will create these dashboards. And the dashboards give you a whole lot of information about your practice. And like I was saying, folks, it's so important right now. If we've got some people that might be hurting in the next three or four months, could it affect your dental practice? It could. I hope not. But it could be the difference between people 
um, you know, dental practices doing 95% of what they were doing and doing 85% because that other 10%, I don't know, they may not come in because maybe, maybe they lost their job. Maybe they work for the airlines. Maybe they work for the cruise industry. I don't know, but we need to be prepared and to know our numbers as good business people. So let me start with the first one. Um, which is we always keep track of how many future appointments. That's what this software does. So patients who don't have a future appointment who have been in within the last 18 months, that's a pre-appointment percentage. We'll talk about that again a little, a little bit. So this software will allow you to figure out how many patients have, uh, do not have a future appointment who have been in the last 18 months. You need to discuss this in your morning huddle. Now, for patients who didn't reschedule today, so so Mrs. Smith comes in, she has her um, uh, she has her her profi cleaning, her 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 cleaning, her one hour cleaning, and for whatever reason she didn't schedule. What happens in a lot of dental offices is that oh okay well you know Mrs. Smith just give us a call when you're ready, and 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 she's forgotten. Well, these metrics programs have mechanisms in them that will allow you to get a reminder. So there should be a reminder mechanism if Mrs. Smith came in on a Tuesday that on Thursday or Friday or Monday of the next week, a a little reminder comes up on your computer and it says, hey, um, uh, Stephanie at the front desk, would you please give Mrs. Smith a call and let's check in with her to make sure that she gets your profit appointment. Now, you don't want to call her 25 times, um, but again, it may be that she's busy and, oh, yeah, yeah, let's schedule that for you know four months from now or six months from now. So that's really, really important. Now, if you have a significant number of patients that are not scheduled for a future appointment, we have a doctor one of our clients who we got onto the software. And what happened was, is we took a look and that doctor had over 3000 active patients. Now, uh, you know, I've had people tell me, uh, in a practice doing 500,000 a year that they have 2000 active patients. They don't No, it's, you know, we we see about, you know, 800 to a thousand active patients in the average dental practice. And, you know, we're not talking about HMO or, Medicare or anything like that, that's, you know, PPO and fee for service, 800 to a thousand patients for about every million dollars of production has been my experience. Again, you might say, well, that's a little higher, a little lower. It depends on the practice that you have. So this doctor had 3000 active patients. There were three doctors in this practice and there were nine days of hygiene. And I said, there were 3000, I said, there's 1300 patients in your practice who have not been, who have been in the last 18 months, but are not scheduled for a future appointment. Isn't that information, folks, that you would want to know? I mean, think about it this way. If the average patient value is somewhere in the neighborhood of about, I don't know, $1,200, $1,300 per year for a patient, you know, if you take the averages of, you know, just cleanings and the averages of people who do work, maybe it's not, maybe it's $1,000, make the numbers easier. If I have 1,300 people and I'm losing and I'm not seeing them and my average value is $1,000, that's $1.3 million that I'm losing that's off the table. Now, am I going to see every one of those people? No. Are some of those people leaving our practice? Possibly. But I certainly want to know. And if I have a lot of people 
who are in this situation. And we do see this when we sink people and we say, did you realize that there's 600 people haven't come in? Well, we need to get them in. And their answer is, you know what? My front office people have enough trouble getting done what they need to get done as it is. How are they going to call 600 people? So what you might consider doing if you have a lot of patients that have not been in is, is either if you have some extra dental team time, dedicate a day a week to one of your team members to do nothing but go in a room, shut the door and call these people. And the metrics programs will give you all of their names, all their family members' names who have been in or haven't been in, how much treatment has been diagnosed, and they can call and try and get them in. I mean, if you got 10 or 15% of them in, my goodness, think about how many dollars you're going to recapture in your practice. So that, that's my first tip is we need to take a look at patients who don't have a future appointment in your practice. Um, you, like I said, you might consider either having somebody from the team do it or hire somebody, hire somebody who's going to come in on a short-term project basis, who has got really good verbal skills, who are going to come in and maybe one or two days a week for three months, they're going to take this list and they're going to call and they're going to follow up and they're going to follow up and they're going to follow up again. You know, you don't call more than a couple of times because if someone doesn't answer after two or three phone calls, they're probably not interested. Um, and also that person calling is going to get a real feel for what's going on. If, if, if half of them say, well, you know, Susie at the front desk or Stephanie never asked me to make an, an appointment, then we know what's going on. And then we got to talk to Stephanie. This is how you manage your business folks. Really, really, really important. So again, you know, uh, using your uh, automated follow-ups, these programs have what's called automated follow-ups. And it will automatically give your front office person um, uh, the, the people to call and to follow up every Thursday or Friday or however you 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 set it up. So that's that's the first tip is patients who don't have a future appointment who have been in within the last 18 months. If we have a ton of them, then we've got to get calling because that is lost revenue. That's maybe dentistry you've diagnosed and you just haven't um, done, but but that's important. Okay, so let's take a look at another one, which is called visits per month. How many visits? And this is a key, all right? Basically, we want as many, we'll use the term touches as possible. That means that the more times that someone can visit my dental office, the more of a chance that those people will you know, they'll have their teeth cleaned, they might need work, et cetera. So visits per month. One of the things that happens in these metrics programs is it gives you um, basically visits per month. So let's think about an example. Let's assume that over the next 18 months, my practice has 2,000 future visits. That means in the next 18 months, there are 2,000 visits that are scheduled. So Art Wiederman comes into Dr. Jones's dental office on October the 19th, and he has his teeth cleaned, all right? So now we go from 2,000 visits down to future visits down to 1,999, right? Because Art's had his visit. He had his teeth cleaned. He did a, did a great job. Uh, you know, we, we did some uh, um, probing and uh, no fours or fives. I told my hygienist fives are not permitted. Eh, wrong answer. 
uh, sorry, we don't go to the bonus round. And I've been fortunate. I've had, uh, I had had root planing once and it, it works folks. It, it, you know, and I've got really, really good, healthy teeth. So, um, okay. So now I have 1999, uh, future visits. All right. Well, the hope would be that as I'm walking out of there, the, the person at the front desk is going to say, Hey, Art. Okay. So let's schedule your next four month, um, appointment for periodontal maintenance. So now we're back up to 2000, but then maybe when I was in there, maybe doctor did his exam said, you know, Art, I'm really not feeling the love for number 17 over here. I see it's starting to crack and maybe we need to do a cram. So, and, and, you know, they go ahead and they talk to me about it and I say, you know, I trust your doctor and let's get it done. So now my future appointments went from 2000 down to 1999 when I had my appointment, but now it went up to 2001 because I I made an appointment for my next cleaning and an appointment for my next operative or restorative appointment. And you want those going up. If you have new new patients coming in, we want them scheduling. The problem is, is that if people walk out of your office without an appointment or without accepting treatment. That's where these future appointments go down. So if your future appointments, look at the future appointments through these metrics programs. If they go down, that's bad. That means patients are leaving your practice, okay? All right, the next thing I want to talk to you about, um, you know, is basically calculating your patient attrition. And there's a way to do this. So here's how this works, okay? A lost patient is defined as a patient who hasn't had a visit in 18 months, to me, that's a lost patient, or someone that has been changed in the computer system from active to inactive. And you should really, to be honest with yourself, is if a patient calls and says, hey, uh, Stephanie, I am, uh, my husband and I, my wife and I, we're moving from uh, Tustin, we're moving to Idaho. So please thank doctor for everything he's done. He's been wonderful, she's been wonderful but we're no longer going to be patients to practice because we're moving and they should be changed from active to inactive. So let's take an example. Let's say on, we want to calculate what our attrition is starting on January 1 of 2019. Let's not talk about 2020 because that's just not fair. Okay. With the, with the COVID-19 pandemic. So starting on January uh, 1 of 2019, I had 1000 active patients and it will tell you On the dashboards of these programs, it will tell you how many active patients you have. So let's say that this year I averaged about 16 or 17 new active, new patients a month. A healthy practice in that size, maybe doing a million a year. Uh, 15 to 25 patients a month is is really healthy. My consultants used to say 12 to 18. I like 15 to 25. That's my preference. So let's say we added 200 new patients that came in and actually had, you know, cleaning or treatment or what have you. So at that moment, I have 1,200 available active patients, the 1,000 I started with, plus the 200 new ones. So then I take a look at the ending active patients. And my ending active patients are 980. Hmm, how did that happen? So if I had 1,200 that were available... And at the end of the year, I only have 980 because, again, we count them at the end of the year based on how many of them have been in in the last 18 months. All right. And if we got a bunch that haven't been in in the last 18 months, we call that the revolving door theory. They come in, they see you, and then they never come back. 
or they leave for whatever reason. Now, there are going to be patients that leave your practice. There is no doubt about that. Um, you know, this example where I have 980 at the end, I have less, fewer patients. I got 200 new patients this year, and I have fewer patients at the end of the year than I had at the beginning of the year. That's not good. Again, we need to monitor this information to find out why are they not doing this. And, and that goes in conjunction with reappointing new patients, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So again, if my average patient value is $1,000 and I lose 220 patients, that's $220,000 of potential lost revenue that I have. So we want to look at our attrition each year. Why are patients not coming in? That is one of the biggest things that we see as coaches, as dental CPAs, and you can ask anybody at Ide Bailey and anybody at the Academy of Dental CPAs, they will tell you that you have to look at your attrition rate to see what is happening, how many people are leaving, why are they not being reappointed. And if the person at the front desk who will tell you that everybody gets reappointed, we'll get to that in a second, if they say, well, you know what, doctor, you're booked out six to eight weeks. We can't get anybody in. That's why these people are not scheduled. And going back to my client who had 3,000 patients and 1,300 were not appointed. Well, you know, doctor, you've told us this is as hard as you want to work. And the associates only work this much. And we don't want to add any more doctor time because it's too complicated. That's your decision. And that may be what happens. But if, if the person at the front desk is saying, listen, Hygiene is booked 12 weeks solid. What does that mean? Well, that means that maybe we need another day or two of hygiene. Think about it this way. If I have eight hours a day, four days a week, that's 32 hours a week times, let's just say it's 50 weeks, that's 1,600, uh, 30, 32 times 50 is 1,600. So that's 1,600 potential appointments divided by 12 is about 130 appointments a month. Break it down by day. That will tell you whether you need to add a day of hygiene. A day of hygiene per week, four days a week, is again, you know, you're talking uh, how many visits? You're talking, you know, 32 visits times 50 weeks is 1,600. So how far out are you booked? If you're booked more than four, six, eight weeks, patients could be calling other dentists because something's hurting and they can't get in to see you. You need this information. You may choose not to act on it, but you need this information, okay? What about the doctor? If the doctor, I've always said the doctor is booked out solid. I'm not talking about, you know, well, I got a couple things to do every day. Solid, booked out. I can't get a new patient into my office for four to six weeks, we need to be looking at an associate dentist. And then we need to be having conversations about our practice. What a great problem to have. But I want to know what my attrition is. And if if patients are walking out the back door, they walk in the front door and then they walk out the back, either somebody is not appointing or following up. Maybe you need another person at the front desk and you don't want to hire them. But if I could bring in an extra one or two hundred thousand dollars of revenues for a cost of maybe forty thousand a year of a new person uh, to to do this, that's a no-brain decision, folks. Okay, or 
um, you know, you need to add people. Again, it's it's an issue of, and everybody says, well, I need new patients and I need to do marketing. I need to spend money on marketing. No, 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 no. You need to see who's in your practice and who's not being scheduled. If you get them in, then the doctor is going to have time to do the exam. The hygienist is going to have 50 or 60 minutes to be looking at that patient and, and looking at the interoral camera and looking at the digital x-ray and, and looking at the CT scans. Now, remember, a hygienist is not allowed in, I think, every state to diagnose uh, dentistry, but they can certainly push the button on the wall and say, hey, doc, I'd really like you to take a look at number 14 from Mrs. Jones. And there you go. So that is number three, is calculating your attrition. That is so important. I want to know that information. Okay. We should not have, we should not lose more than 10% of our patients in a year. You're going to lose patients. People move, people die, people change jobs, and maybe they go strictly with their insurances, which we hope they don't. That's a whole nother conversation. But we don't want to lose, you know, 220 out of 1,000 patients or 22%. That's too much. And we have to talk with our teams and find out why. Okay, got three more for you. Pre-appointment percentage, which goes along with some of what we've been talking about. So a pre-appointment percentage is the percentage of active patients who have a future appointment. So my active patients are any patient that's been into the practice for the last, any time in the last 18 months. What percentage of those patients have a future appointment? And that's kind of what we've been talking about a little bit. So let's go for some numbers. That should be 75 to 80%. So if I have 1,000 active patients, then 750 to 800 of them should have a future appointment. And when I look at my unscheduled active patients, let me repeat that, unscheduled active patients, then that should be 20 to 25%. The Now, again, notwithstanding what's going on in our economy and our life right now, but before COVID, it's very, very difficult for an airline pilot to schedule. It's very, very difficult for a firefighter who's maybe working 13 days a month and they might be working straight days and they don't know their schedule from month to month to schedule an appointment. Those are the types of people, people who travel internationally. They're hard to schedule. Um, again, today, everything is different. So if I had 1,500 active patients, 1,125 to 1,200 should have a future appointment. And we talked about the doctor that had 1,300 out of 3,000. That's way too many. But again, this is information that you're going to use to manage your business. Okay, we got two more that I want to talk to you about, and then we'll do this again with other, there's so many metrics that I want you to talk about. And, and again, folks, uh, all of our members of the ADCPA do this consulting. I do this consulting. Uh, we do an initial consultation with a dental coach who knows these metrics. We use the metrics programs. We can do an initial look at what you get going on. If you want to give us a call, we'll be happy to consult with you on this. So, the next one is hygiene reappointment percentage. This is huge. So if you were to go to ask your front office person, uh, so so Stephanie, and again, I've been picking on Susie for two years. So Susie is Susie's good now. We're going to go to Stephanie. Stephanie, 
So, so you're real. Everybody's getting reappointed, right? Oh yeah. Dr. Wiederman. I, I, yeah. Everybody walks out here with a future appointment. I, I can't tell you how many doctors that I've looked at these metrics from their Dentrex or Eagle soft or open dental, where I see that the reappointment percentage is not 95%. In fact, what do you think the national average is? Now I know you can't answer me because I'm, this is a one way podcast. The national average is about 55%. So 55% of your patients are walking out with a future appointment. That's good, right? No, it's not good. That means that 45% of your patients are walking out without a future appointment. So don't I want that information, folks? Again, these metrics programs are not going to solve all your problems. They are tools in order to help you as the owner, as the leader, and as the manager to manage your business. Okay. So again, these, this, this percentage, this hygiene reappointment percentage is the percentage of patients who have had a hygiene visit, who were reappointed for another hygiene visit that day. So I come in at nine o'clock, I get my teeth cleaned, 10 o'clock, I get my toothbrush and I get my floss and I get my little tube of toothpaste and I go up to the front desk and I pay my bill. Uh, or if the person at the front desk is busy, oh, don't worry, we'll just send you a bill. Uh, don't worry, we've got your insurance, we'll bill your insurance. It's, it's no problem. We, I've heard that. As opposed to what my dentist and my dentist is a very, very well-run uh, dental office, my dental office. All right, Art. Okay, so we're going to go four months out. And uh, how about uh, August 4th at uh, 8 a.m. with your hygienist, okay? And then I've been reappointed because I've been trained. See, we're, we're creatures of habit. And by the way, I haven't mentioned this. This is the most important thing going on in my life right now. I shot 83 at Arroyo Tribuco here in Southern, in Orange County, which is a very hilly, difficult course because I took lessons and I'm training my hands to do this. Golf is getting really fun. Now, you will not see me in the Masters in November or in the British, uh, the Open Championship, although I have played uh, St. Andrews. It's a pretty amazing place to go. If you're a golfer, it's golfer's heaven. But it's the same thing. My hands have to be trained to keep my wrists back so that the club squares up. You need to change the way you talk to patients and train them. And, and, and educate them as to why their oral health, especially during a pandemic, is so important. And it's so important that we, we maintain your oral health and get you in here every three, four, six months, whatever it is. And that's going to increase your, your, um, your reappointment percentage. That's going to give you more future appointments. And every single time that patient comes in, you have an opportunity to look at their intraoral films and to look at their, um, the intraoral camera pictures and to look at the, uh, digital x-rays and take a look and see how these teeth are doing. And then in your morning huddle, you have this conversation of what is un, um, you know, uncompleted treatment. And then who's going to be the one to have the conversation? Well, we want doctor, let's schedule him for 10 minutes for an exam because we know that we've been talking about these two teeth for a crown for the last two years and now it's time. And that's what these reappointment percentages, but if they don't come in, you know, doctors, you know, as well as I do in a non 
dental, high dental IQ human being, okay, if it doesn't hurt, I don't have any problems. If it's not bleeding, I don't have any problems. Okay, it's when it hurts and it's bleeding that I got to get in there. So the more we can get people in and the more we can educate them about what's going on and why having healthy gums is so important and why not having cracks in your teeth is so important, but you can't do it if they don't, don't come into the office, right? Okay, so that's hygiene reappointment percentage. That should be 90%. So when you look at your metrics, okay, if you have 1,000 hygiene appointments in a year, 900 people should have a future appointment. Now, that, that's, that's hygiene reappointment. Because remember, we talked about pre-appointment percentage is the percentage of, of the patients having any kind of a future appointment. That's a different percentage. But the hygiene reappointment, that is so, so critical. I've talked about you know, the functions of a hygiene department, three functions. I've taught this since I was at Pride in the 80s. It's a, it's a source for revenues, okay? It's a source for new work. You got 60 minutes in some cases for the hygienist to be looking around the mouth and seeing what, what he or she can find. Uh, and it's a source to ask for referrals. I mean, one of the biggest things, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to doctors in 36 years and they say, I say to them, so, so do you ask your patients for referrals? You want to spend $50,000 on marketing. Do you ask your patients for referrals? Well, not as much as I should. And I get that a lot. And what is that code for? That's code for I don't. Because again, it, it feels like selling. Well, we're not selling. In fact, folks, if you're proud of what you do, you know, I ask my clients for them to refer their friends. And I say, I'm doing the same thing that I'm teaching you to do. And, you know, I can tell stories about that all day long. So again, the national average is 55%. It should be 90%. Um, uh, and, and that's really, really, really important. That might be one of the most important metrics that I would will talk to you about. The last one I'm going to talk to you about today, and then we're going to call it a podcast. I always worry about having enough to talk about. And I just keep talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, and it's amazing. Um, but we're, we're almost to the end of our time. But I, I got one more. And this is the new patient reappointment percentage. It's the same as the hygiene reappointment percentage, except we're only looking at the new patients in the practice. Okay, this should also be 90%. But think about it this way, folks. I, I just looked at one the other day. Doctor got, and, and we, we see them every month. And for the last month, which would have been in this case, it was September, this doctor got 20 new patients in their practice. That's pretty good, right? Now, if you've got five doctors you got to feed, it's not very good. But if you have one doctor working four days a week, 20 new patients is very healthy. And, and that's really good. And where do you get them from? That's a whole nother podcast, which we'll talk about. So in this situation, this doctor only had seven of the 20 patients, the new patients that came in. Now, might have been an emergency patient that came in, had the emergency done, and then they said, okay, now we're going to schedule for you for restorative. Or it could be just someone was referred to the office and the first thing they want to do is get their teeth cleaned and, and they come in for that. It doesn't matter. Seven out of the 20 patients were reappointed. 
once they left after their first visit. That's horrible. That's horrible. Why? Well, you know, Stephanie was out and, and she had she had problems and, and she was too busy and the phone rang and we didn't have time. Folks, what, what's the Johnson & Johnson TV commercial? You never get a second chance to make a first impression, right? So the idea is you want people coming into your office and having a world-class experience. Go research what the Ritz-Carlton chain does. They're unbelievable. I'm not going to get into all that, but I've, I've seen what they do. Um, I, I don't, uh, you know, again, I don't, I, I've stayed in Ritz-Carlton's, um, you know, two or three times. Um, I remember when I was lecturing at the ADA in Las Vegas, that's where the ADA put us up. And I said, no, oh, okay, I got no problem with that. But it's world-class. I mean, it, it, it's like they treat you like royalty. And that's what you need to do with your patients. And it's all about, you know, caring and trust and relationships. And if you don't make a killer impression the first day that that patient comes in, they're lost. They'll go somewhere else. And for whatever reason, they'll go somewhere else. So we need to get that up there. So not only do I need to know what my reappointment percentage is for my regular patients, but I need to know on my new patients, because does that mean that my new patient experience is not good? Does that mean that I underwhelmed this patient? And when we ask them to make an appointment, oh, well, I'll get back to you. Okay. Now, people go into a dental office and they don't understand that it's not a one-time deal. It's a lifetime of dental care and a lifetime of oral health. And that's part of the educational process that, that any fantastic dental coach can teach you a new patient experience. And, and that's, that's so critical. But if I'm only getting seven out of 20 patients who are going to go ahead and to do this, uh, and they're going to come back, something is wrong. So again, to put a bow on this, folks, the deal is that this metrics programs, these metrics programs that we use, they are not the be all and end all. They are not the answers to all of your problems. A dental practice like a manufacturing business or an automotive business or a retail store, they have all kinds of dynamics. But in order to be able to monitor what's going on in the business, I need to look at metrics. I need to look at numbers. I need to look at percentages. And they tell a story. And if I can get a story that I can have a conversation, number one, you as the leader are going to look at this and say, you're not going to get in front of a team meeting and say, all right, you guys are horrible. You suck. You're terrible. We only have a... Well, Art says it should be a 90% reappointment and you're only 55. That's not what you want to do. You get up and you sit down with the team, the front office team and say, so I looked at these. So what's going on? Are you guys having some problems? I have learned that if you start blaming employees for things like you are not doing a good job and this is not working. All right. Um, you can usually tell the I can't say bad words on this podcast or they'll put me in podcast prison. But if you look at the BS meter of anybody that you're talking to, they will be able to, you'll be able to tell very easily if they're making stuff up and you can always have a consultant observe what you're doing. But if you sit down and, and, and you start being a leader and say, guys, 
We're going to manage by these numbers. We're going to take a look at what's going on and why it's going on and how can we make it better? Because if we make it better, we're all going to be happier. There's going to be more profit in the business that we can share. And it's just going to be a better situation overall because we're helping more people to get healthy. It's not like, okay, so I can make the Ferrari payment this month. So we got to get this uh, percentage thing that Art says going. No, that's not how it works. Not at all. The way it works is we want to help as many people in our community to have good health. Uh, that, that's, that's the critical thing. And that's what you want to be. And a leader, remember, we've talked about leadership on this program so many times. And a leader is not one who has all the answers. A leader has a plan. And part of the plan is to look at these numbers. So I would encourage all of you to look at these dental metrics programs if you don't work with them. If you don't work with a dental coach, you might want to look at them. But right now, again, as we talked about, in this economy, in this unprecedented time where we you know, many people are living, you know, many people live paycheck to paycheck as it is. Now imagine they don't have a job and they don't have stimulus and they can't pay their rents. So if they can't buy food and they can't pay rent. Are they going to go to the dentist? I don't know. So we need to go after all of those patients, that 800 patients or 1500 patients in your practice that don't have a future appointment because some of our tried and true people might not be coming in. So this is the first of several that we will do on metrics of a dental practice. Uh, I want to go back before we wrap it up to the, the webinar series that we're going to be doing for six dental societies in Southern California. I am so excited about that. I can't begin to, I'm jumping out of my skin. So we're starting December the 9th and we're going to be talking about, um, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, taxes and the research and development tax credit, which could save you lots of money. Then we have a wonderful, wonderful, we, I, you know, several of my friends um, who uh, are coaches are going to be on this. Um, we have a wonderful uh, lady by the name of Kira Dent, who's going to be talking about, uh, you know, just getting you riled up and excited about dentistry. Uh, the second one is going to be my dear, dear friend, Christy Boltz, who is, uh, runs a company called uh, My Dental CMO. Uh, her husband is uh, Jim Boltz. He's our Columbus, Ohio member of the Academy of Dental CPAs. Uh, Jimmy is one of my dearest, dearest friends in the Academy. I, we haven't seen each other for over a year and a half now. It's killing all of us that we can't get together. I said at our next ADCPA meeting, I said, there's not going to be any content. We're just all going to be hugging each other for two and a half days. That's probably what's going to happen. We're hoping, 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 hoping that we get to meet in late April of next year in, in Napa, which is what we were going to do this year in Napa. So Christy's going to talk about marketing. She's a dynamite speaker. We have several of our I Bailey team members. We're going to do a, a show on cybersecurity. I asked these dental societies, what do your members want to hear? Cybersecurity was a big deal. We have a whole cybersecurity group at I Bailey. Uh, internal controls. We're going to do a show on internal controls. Um, you know, my, our president of our Academy of Dental CPAs, Alan Schiff, has been on this podcast. Uh, he's a certified fraud examiner, one of the best in the country. I've flown him out to California twice. He knows this stuff. Our group knows it. we got to get this information out. 
Uh, we're going to do financial planning. We're going to be talking about financial planning. How do you put a financial plan together? Um, my friend Gary Takis is going to do one of these on uh, reducing dependency on insurance. One of my other really good friends, Jennifer Chevalier, uh, she'll be on the podcast here in the next couple of months. Jennifer is uh, pretty much runs Fortune Management, the biggest dental management uh, company in the country. She's going to talk about how to build and maintain and keep a dental team. That was another thing the dental societies, because remember, I get six dental societies that are coming to me and saying, Art, I need, this is what we want. This is what we want to see. Um, we're going to be doing one on student loans. You know, how, what, what do you do? What, what do you do to take them out? How do you pay them off faster? What are some strategies? We've got some folks that are going to talk about that. Um, I'm going to do one on retirement planning. So we've got a whole series. So just stay tuned and I'll be giving you this information again, because everything is virtual. If you're in North Carolina, you don't have to get on an airplane and come to California to hear this. You just turn your computer on and we'll send you the link. And I want this information to get out to everybody because, again, my mission in life is to help my doctors to be more successful and more profitable. Uh, I, I want to give something back to this profession that has been so kind to me over 36 years. It's been 36 years. I can't believe it. Labor Day was 36 years. So uh, watch for that. Um, you know, go on to uh, Gary Takis's website, which is thrivingdentalshow.com. We'll have his information in there for the November 17th uh, uh, meeting that I will be on. I think I'll probably be on the West Coast one. I might be on the East Coast too. We haven't figured that out yet. But for all of you, I want to say God bless every single one of you that are listening to this podcast. It has been a horrible year for all of us. Life has changed the way we know it. We live in the greatest country on this planet. And it's just different. And it's going to be different. And everybody needs to stay safe. Everybody needs to be healthy. And everybody needs to take care of their families. And you've all worked so hard in your dental practices. And you've got an opportunity. My goodness. Could you imagine if you were running a nail salon? If you were running a hair salon? If you were running a small restaurant? And you're in the eastern United States. I'm probably hitting some buttons here. You know, during the summer when this pandemic has been going on, it started in March in the spring. And now we're now into the fall and we're getting a winter time. I grew up in New York City. It gets really cold. It's kind of hard to eat dinner outside when it's three degrees below zero. So there are going to be people that are hurting. You as dentists have your first responders. You're absolutely first responders and you need to make sure that people are healthy and to educate them and to show that you care about them. And again, you also want to run a profitable business and that's what we talk about. So God bless every one of you. And remember my five word, um, you know, my five word saying, which is failure is not an option. It absolutely is not. So hopefully I've given you a lot of good information, some resources to learn more. We're always learning. And I want to thank every single one of you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my podcast, for emailing me. I answer all of your questions. I am indebted to the dental profession for creating a wonderful career for me. Uh, I love what I do. I love doing this podcast. I love helping people. 
And with that, I will leave it for today. So that is it for this episode of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. God bless all of you. Failure is not an option. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.